Welcome to the Effortless Swimming Podcast, the show that helps swimmers and triathletes love the water, become a better swimmer, and live a better life. Here's your host, Brenton Ford. Welcome to the Effortless Swimming Podcast. My guest today is a good friend of mine and someone who came on the Maldives camp last year as a coach. It's Mr. Ben Geard from Element Swimming. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Brent. How are you going? Good, thanks. Well, thanks for jumping on this podcast with me. We've been friends for a very long time and you've done a little bit of coaching with me in the past as well. And and I often bring up stories from when you've been a coach because I think one of your strengths is knowing how to motivate people because you know that I don't like to get beaten. You know how to you know, push my buttons and fire me up. And I think that's a real real strength of yours as a, as a coach. And I, I really enjoyed the times where I was coached by you and I know a lot of other people do because you're very good at manipulation in a positive way. (laughs) (laughs) That's definitely a component of coaching that I like is trying to find, yeah, what buttons to push on certain individuals and how to get the best out of them. It's definitely a fun and enjoyable challenge in coaching. So, yeah, I'm I'm glad you liked it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I think a lot of other swimmers do as well. And you're now up in Queensland running element swimming. So not effortless swimming, but element swimming. And I'll make sure to... (laughs) give you a stick every time because it's it's way too close to mine but, but we'll take it and so you run a couple of pools up there with with learn to swim and you also have a, a big component of adult learn to swim and taking swimmers from beginners up to that intermediate level and that's what i want to talk about today for anyone who's listening who finds themselves in a similar sort of position i want to talk about some strategies and some ways that they can go from that either complete beginner or, or fairly you know, fairly new swimmer up to that that intermediate level. And just to, before we begin, do you want to give those listening just a, a brief background on your swimming and coaching experience? Because you've got a, a lot of success as a swimmer and also as a coach. Yeah, I don't know about that much success as a swimmer. <laughs> no, I, was, I competed at a lot of the Olympic and Commonwealth Games trials, the Open National Championships as a sprinter. But uh, yeah, I was coached under your father for a long time until I joined him as a coach and then coached yourself and, and a lot of other good swimmers we had there. So yeah, I've been coaching for about 17 years now and that's been a coaching director before what I'm doing now and a, a head coach at a, a, a big private school here in Brisbane before we started our own thing here in Brisbane, Element Swimming. And uh, yeah, it's, it's something I really wanted to do. I, I, I learned a lot about how to how to run a team from your dad and how to build a culture and how to get the most out of people. And uh, yeah, I'm really enjoying the challenge that we're running here. And and uh, yeah, we were lucky to get it, get it off the ground. We've got three pools now and Learn to Swim is obviously the big big component of it. But we have all our squads as well, and adult squads, and we have a couple of national level swimmers as well now and na- national medalists. But yeah, surprising enough on the side, we really got the adult Learn to Swim going and it's become a massive component to our program now. And to the point where we're constantly booked out and can't fit enough people in. <laughs> so it's a good problem to have, but it, I tried to do a little bit different. I was doing them by myself at the start and I didn't want to do it like everybody else was doing it. So we honed in on sort of a one-on-one and two-on-one program and uh, yeah, it took off. It's been really successful. And for over the last seven years doing that, build quite a good program and uh, break it down to the process that we have that's been able to get the success. And with, with that, it's so hard to find people who will take someone as a beginner adult like there's just very few programs and those that i have seen there's very few that do it well because it it might be groups of four or five swimmers and it might be an instructor there who doesn't really care if you get better or not they're just all right do some kick with the board that's it but to actually have coaches and people there who 
they 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 want to make sure that you actually get better and that you do learn to swim they're invested in your results it's it, it's such a nice thing to see because it is such a hard thing to to find and i quite often get asked you know i'm a beginner where do i go and i've got very few people or coaching yeah. businesses that i can refer people to exactly and that's you know i started doing it the same way just in groups just open up some group adult lessons and what i found is just people are coming and going there's no consistency different levels to deal with in the one lesson and i just thought this is not going to work this is a waste of my time and a waste of their time and it's just not going to work for anyone so that's why we changed it and made it one-on-one -on -one, very specific to the person the individual some people everyone learns at different speeds people can commit differently uh, consistency is a big one it's, it's key so we, we promote that a lot so you know with that one-on-one -on -one type setup it it really it really forces this swimmer to be committed and through that we get we get some really good results so yeah no it's definitely worked wonders and and we're really enjoying it and it's not something i give to all of my teachers i don't like you said you go to some other programs and it's just a uni student asked to give a few tips basically but no, I've got eight coaches on board and and six of them at the moment are taking adult lessons. It's so you're not really getting that teaching style, you're getting a coaching style, which, you know, works primarily for a lot of the adults, but for that other sort of, you know, ten or twenty percent that prefer that teaching style, we have a couple of teachers that work with them as well. Still under the same process though. And you break it down to three levels and do you want to talk a bit about the the first level, those absolute beginners who may have bit of fear around water what's that first level involved to kind of just get them comfortable in the water and, and what do you focus on and what sort of processes have you developed over that time yeah so generally we get people that like you say are afraid of the water really afraid and, and even just scared to stand in the water but we also get the guys that are not afraid of the water but just haven't been taught how to swim so they'll still all complete level one it's an education for those guys who aren't scared before they move on to level two and for the guys that are scared there's a little bit more to it so it's building that water confidence for those guys initially and then it's having them understand that this level one is the foundation and generally in that foundation we'll work on floating body position so understanding how to float first of all and then from there understanding the importance of how to get the correct body position and why it's important from there we'll learn how to kick so kicking is a big component and and then the third thing is how to breathe so the breathing technique as well so generally by the end of level one our swimmers can kick to 12 and a half meters or even 25 meters consistently kicking and breathing without stopping this episode of the podcast is proudly brought to you by our sponsor form smart swim goggles they're more than a pair of goggles meet the world's most powerful swim platform see yourself improve with form smart swim goggles including a free one-year membership when you purchase your goggles for only 249 us dollars They've currently changed up their offer where you can now get the goggles and you have one year membership included for free. And if you'd like to continue with the membership going forwards, it's only 15 US dollars a month where you get access to their workouts, training plans and custom workout builder. But you'll always have access to the real-time data in the goggles, so you never lose access to that. My favorite thing about the form goggles is having the instant feedback of what times you're doing, what stroke rate you're doing, and also the ability to see what your heart rate is. Because never before have we been able to have these immediate feedback heads up display where it's actually telling you what your intervals are. So when I wear the goggles in training, I like that I know my split for the first 50 and the 100 and the 150. So every single lap I'm getting that feedback on what my pace is. And I find it's such an important tool for being able to 
not only have different gears where you can switch bet between the different speeds that you want to swim, but it helps you develop those gears and it helps you intuitively know how fast you need to go to before you're going to blow up or before you're going to go a little bit too hard. So it helps you just get really good at judging your pace for when you do go to a race. And even if you're not wearing the goggles in a race, it's that intuition and that ability to develop your pacing that these goggles can really help with. To get your pair of form goggles and save 15% off, use our link formswim.com forward slash effortless or use the coupon effortless at checkout and that will get you 15% off your pair of goggles using our special link formswim.com forward slash effortless or the code effortless at checkout. What are some things that you've seen taught that you've looked at and go, I think there's a better way to, to teach that. Is there anything that you've developed in the last couple of years in that level of your coaching where you go, I think there's a better way to do this? Yeah, probably probably in the kicking. I mean, we've tried a few different different ways. So we actually start our kicking on the back rather than just going straight to the front and facing the water because I want the swimmers to be able to see what they're feeling. So by kicking on the back, we generally use a noodle and they get them in a sit-up sit seated position. They can see how they're kicking. So they can see the technique that we're trying to get out of them and they can feel it at the same time. I think that's been really important and something we've really introduced into our junior learn to swim stuff as well. So it's been funny. I've learnt a lot from the little learn to swim, but I've also learned a lot from the adults and, and transferred the both between between the two. So yeah, so the kicking's definitely one. I think just the explanations, how to explain different things, different analogies work for different people. Um, I know a few coaches have got their ways and I've got my ways and we share them all and sometimes you'll go through five or six different analogies or different explanations before it clicks. So mm -hmm. it's building that bank of, of that that seems to help as well. That's what I really enjoyed about having you on the Maldives camp because it's been we haven't hung out that much in the last couple of years being in different states. We see you know saw each other occasionally, but having you there as a coach along with Gary Hurring and and Phil Rush, who I've coached with fairly regularly over the last couple of years, you got this melting pot of four coaches from different backgrounds and experiences, and it was great just picking up different vocab, different ways of explaining things, and I, I just love to hear. You know, those different styles and you know, end up picking one, two or three things and, and taking it back and incorporating that yourself and or just being able to use it at different times when it's when it's necessary. And that's that's what I think was for me personally, just from a coaching perspective, that was great about that Maldives camp last year. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean you had four different angles coming in there. Like I was I'd been doing a lot of adult learn to swim at that point and I know Gary's a very elite high performance coach and comes from that background and so he had his angles to come in. I was coming in with a very simple, basic angles for those who couldn't quite understand that high-level type language, I guess. And uh, yeah, and then of course your your work that you've been doing for many years with with the adults and, and triathletes and that as well was yeah, it was fantastic. Three different angles, and and I took some stuff back as well that would hopefully work for my swimmers, my adults. You enjoyed the Maldives so much that you're going to run a, a, a learn to swim camp over there in September, which we'll, we'll talk a bit more about. But yeah, it's such a good location for it with the lagoon there and those that want to push it a bit more can go around. And it's and when people are relaxed, they generally swim better. <laughs> like they, they float better, they swim better, and it's, it's a perfect location for it over there. That's right. It's such a, you know, I think a lot of people like to go on a holiday, especially in a beautiful place like that, it was fantastic. And while they're there, have an activity and come away with something they've learned while they've been there or improve themselves somehow, it's just like a, it's a massive 
it's a massive pulling card and it's something I think a lot of people enjoy going away and having a holiday but at the same time coming back with with a new knowledge newfound knowledge or a new skill so yeah that's definitely what what the the goal is here is to give people that skill to be able to snorkel be confident in water and actually be able to put a lap of freestyle together whilst on holiday in the Maldives how cool <laughs> and it's it like it's I haven't I don't think I've seen another like learn to swim real beginner swim camp like this before you, you've got like your swim tracks and stuff like that for, for those that are already swimming but you've got I guess like can, comparison there is someone who might go and like learn to scuba or like learn to snorkel on a on a holidays like it's the same same thing exactly. you can learn these things especially in this intensive environment where you're doing it twice a day and you've got that hands-on you've got lots of coaches there to to help you with it so it's yeah like brand new kind of concept I guess but I can see how how it can work in a, in a place like Summer Island in the Maldives. Exactly, yeah. So, I mean, we've obviously got to cap our numbers that we have on the camp and we'll be, we'll be having five coaches there, so plenty of eyes and plenty of help. That's, you know, something that's going to be really important for that level of swimmer. So, yeah, I'm, yeah I think it should, it should work really well if, yeah, if people are interested in, in them going to the Maldives, which for me it was a bucket <laughs> list item, and so thanks for that. That was, yeah, really enjoyed that last year. So, yeah, looking forward to the opportunity to perhaps teach some people how to swim and, and send them home from such an awesome holiday with a new skill would just be would be, would be really good yeah absolutely good place to, to do it so you've talked about level one and, and one of those things there is just having people see what they're actually doing with the kick as is something that can help open their eyes and that made me think about like the breaststroke course that we i just put together with sam ashby who you're friends with as well one of the the breaststroke drills that he talked about was having your head down looking at what you're doing with your kick and actually just seeing what's happening there because it's very hard to know am i going too wide am i turning my feet out enough and i started doing this yesterday actually and i'm like okay there's a few things i could improve here because i just visually haven't haven't seen it but what's level two comprised of yeah so level two is usually i think a lot of people think well level one's easy then level two then level three is our hardest but it's actually level two is probably the hardest and the one that takes a little bit more time because it's that if you haven't been swimming before it's learning how to feel the water and apply pressure on the water and uh, so that's a big thing so we, we go through a lot of sculling techniques a lot of sculling drills for them to be able to learn that skill and then we learn the pull phase so the the pull the catch pattern that we want to have how to set your arms up and your elbows up so that you can catch with the right muscles and and pull through in the right direction so the catch phase is, is usually the most challenging for people who haven't done anything before and then from there yeah, we move into level three. I actually learnt one of the things that we use at, at clinics. I learned a couple of things from from you, which is like in terms of, so you got posture, right? So you got good posture and bad posture and how much stronger you are with good posture. And then in terms of where your, your arm is, the, the exercise that we'll sometimes go through with people is when if their arm's crossing their centre line, sometimes it's a lot weaker and it can use more the front of their shoulder and can kind of pinch. If their hand and arm is out really wide, far away from their body, it's very weak. And then when you get to the right position, which is you know, just outside shoulder width, I'd say, with, with the arm, they're generally a lot a lot stronger because you can use those stronger supporting muscles through the back and shoulder. And there's a, a couple of things like that and with head position that I learned from you just demonstrating the, the difference between you know, some of these, these different positions. And I think that helps it click for a lot of people, probably more for that more intermediate swimmer rather than beginner. But... 
you had a lot of really good ideas around around teaching that and showing people the differences in in these sort of positions. So, what what sort of things there do do you see light bulb moments going off for for those people? Like, is it when they change the position of their hands with the skull? Is it when they like maybe do a, a drill and they can actually feel themselves moving forwards? Are there any sort of particular light bulb moments that, that happen as you're going through this process? Yeah, definitely. I think when we do we do a particular drill where they've got to use two arms to pull themselves through the water, this is after we've taught them the sculling angles and position, after they've learnt how to feel and, you know, to be able to, I guess to be able to move through the water with just your hands moving side to side in that sculling action, for a lot of people they're amazed at how far they can go and move through the water with just such a small, simple movement. But it's, it's getting the angles right. It's understanding what angles you need to have with your hands, arms to be able to, and head and body position to be able to move yourself forward. Then once we move into the pull phase and, and the pull pattern that we're after and they can learn that they can push and glide off the wall and just do one pull through and travel like 10 to 12 metres with just that glide and that pull through, yeah, they're amazed. You know, they haven't done any real swimming yet and all they've done is glide and pull through and they've travelled half the length of a 25-metre pull. So that comes back to that body position as well. So, you know, when they can learn to sit on top of the water beautifully, get the angles right for that catch, do that one nice powerful pull through and then travel 12.5 metres, they're stoked, absolutely amazing. <laughs> yeah, and it's a good achievement for the coach as well because that's a big, big part of it. And so you're talking about a, a double arm pull through where like we're basically going through a, an entire pull pattern but yep. with both arms together and then exactly. they shoot themselves yeah. forwards. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's, you know, that, I think that's the best way to learn because you're going to get the most propulsion with two two arms. Then the next step is then we start to work on that same process but with a in different drills with just the single arm. And that's, you know, often feels a little bit trickier because you don't have the same power and the same propulsion, but it's just something you get used to. And through a series of different drills, they get comfortable with it. And from there, you know, that's that's the hardest part. If we can get them catching and pulling well under the water, the rest of it comes comes together pretty nicely. I've heard some coaches say, and, and uh, there's one particular real old school <laughs> triathlon coach who I've heard say, he, he says, like, I've only seen three or four triathletes in my time actually ever feel the water and the rest of them that it's just about power and i think it comes down to how you define feel for the water but i think anyone can improve their feel for the water and it's something that you you can have and if you're thinking of it in the sense of ian thorpe's got feel for the water but someone who's swimming like a 120 per 100 doesn't necessarily well then yeah very few people can actually feel the feel the water but i, I think feel for the water is a concept that 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 is true you know that, yeah. that people can develop that feel for the water is that what you've seen what, what are your thoughts on that oh, absolutely i mean when we started our swim school one of the first things i put into our low levels was or through all our levels actually is a progression of skull just having kids understand how to feel through the water how to maneuver their bodies around you know in circles in an egg shape and just turning their bodies around, just using their hands, then how to move forwards and then backwards with only their hands. If they can pick up that skill nice and early, then I think they're going a long way to, to be able to put the stroke together completely and travel travel really well through the water. So you take the same concept to our adults. You know, they're adult, they're more mature, brains are bigger. They're going to should be able to pick this stuff up a lot quicker and with a bit of practice, they do. So, yeah, definitely, definitely a really important component that i work really hard on with all of our swimmers but particularly adults because yeah it's in some programs not taught probably enough 
Mm. The biggest mistakes that I see with with skull number one would would probably just be like dropped wrist or dropped elbows. So then, the, rather than having the hand and forearm together, perhaps with a slight bend in it, and getting the fingers to point down, elbows up. So just that that is not instinctual for anyone who's learning to swim yeah. the right skull position. Yeah. So how do you go about getting them in that in that position with their like upper arm and elbows up and the hand and forearm down a little bit because for me, it takes a little bit of manipulation, bit of movement, like physically. All right, let's let's bring the arm up here. This is where your, it should feel like your elbow is. This is where it should feel like your hand is. Just actually maneuvering them or manipulating their arms to get in that that position is is really not the only way, but it's probably the best way for most people that I've encountered. Definitely is, and that was the tricky part trying to describe and have people understand that position, and it is totally not natural was quite tricky but fun at the same time the best one that i probably come across was getting a fit ball a big exercise ball and getting to hold or press the ball towards their stomach and chest and having their arms right over the top of the of the ball which essentially gave me the the proper catch position i want and then by pressing on the ball it also activated the muscles that we wanted to use when they go to do go through that pull phase so I found that one worked quite well. But other way, otherwise, I just get them out of the pool and set them up with my, my own hands and so manipulate their own arms and hands and then apply pressure as they try and pull towards themselves. So they can. I think it's important that they understand which muscles are working and why they're working. Another one I've done for the kids, that's not as fun for the kids. So for the kids, I've, I've got one of those big floaty mats and put them on the edge of the pool, s- squirted a lot of detergent all over it on the mat. <laughs> And then they lay on the mat with just their hands over the wall, so their their chin on the mat, ready, and they just slide themselves into the water like a seal. And then they've just got to keep their elbows up as well. So lots of bit of detergent going in the water is probably not ideal, but that's what chlorine's <laughs> for. But the kids love it. It's good fun. Just sliding them in one after the other like seals. But, yeah, the only way they can do that is by keeping their elbows up and that with their hands on the wall. So it forces them to hold the, the best position that we want. And, again, they understand and start to feel the muscles that are working to be able to give them that propulsion and then that translates into the water. What sort of time frame are you looking at with with people who are quite new? And let's say that, and depending on how many times a week they're going obviously as well, but what's what sort of time frame does it take to get people comfortably moving forwards and more familiar with that position? And it's a good question. And it's it's one of those ones, it's like how, how long is a piece of string? Because everybody's different. Everyone's commitments are different, like I said. And it wasn't something I thought about at the start, but then people are asking me over and going, how long is this going to take? So what I narrowed it down to over time is it's either a 10-week or a six-week program that we run now. So a 10-week is for those that need to gain water confidence first, and the six weeks is for those people who have the confidence and just need to learn how to swim. Now, that is a once-a-week lesson, but it's also encouraged that you must do, or you have to, really, to be able to get that time frame, you need to practice at least twice a week, and, and more is better. So the more, I, I use analogies, it's like learning a language like, you know, Japanese. If you learnt Japanese once a week for an hour and that's all you did on your Japanese, it's going to take you a long time to learn. But if you take your lesson and then you're practising around that lesson and then you also put yourself in an environment around people that speak Japanese, so you're hearing it and you're practising it, then it's going to happen a lot quicker. So we actually run free practice sessions for our adult learner swimmers to come in and, and 
we promote that practicing because they're in there when squads are on, when adult squads are on, other lessons are on. So they're in the environment and they're watching and learning as well as well as practicing. And of course, they're practicing. So yeah, they're getting they're getting the environment. They're getting more practice, and I think that's that goes a long way into achieving those those six and ten week programs. Obviously, it extends out longer if they if they start missing sessions and missing practice sessions, and it's noticeable. All the coaches know the ones that have practiced and who haven't because they they can <laughs> see the difference each week. So, yeah, yeah, it's got a it it applies for beginners as well. You know, we talk about as as coaches like you you lose that feel for the water fairly quickly, and the general rule of thumb has always been if you take a a week out of the water, it'll take you two weeks to get back. Now it it doesn't extend out to like. You know, take six weeks out, takes you twelve weeks to get back necessarily, but it it follows that sort of l- the path. And if someone's only getting in once a week, it, it it takes a while to be able to really improve. And so, two times a week for me would be minimum for people, and then three is even is much better than that. Yeah. And then look four is you'll you'll notice it. And 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 when I think about the swimmers who I've coached who have really had had good seen really good progression they've been in often three four five times a week and it's not even big sessions necessarily like some of them have just been 20 30 minutes sessions but it's just they they build that feel for the water and it's you know really just fast tracking that that learning curve exactly and that you know it just comes back to consistency is key so the more consistent you are touching the water and being in that environment the, the quicker it will happen for you, especially if you've been given the right skills and the right things to, to get in. I mean, f- for example, we get some people that all that they can do a lap, not very well at all, but they can put together put together a lap. But we'll start them from scratch, teach them all the foundation, give them some drills and skills to work on. But then they'll go away and practice a few of those, get bored of that, and think they've got the hang of it, and start practicing the swimming component again. And then they're putting all those bad habits back into practice again. So one thing we really hone in on is making sure that they just go away and just practice those drills and those skills and then eventually we'll put it together i think if you yeah if you get good at each little element excuse the pun if you get good at each little element then you you should be able to put the, the stroke together nicely and it should happen a lot faster so mm. yeah and it's it's easy for people to get bored of of a drill and just switch off and go oh, i've got this but it the point of doing them is is to be able to subconsciously do these these things. And like I'm coaching a swimmer through through the skiller staff at the moment, and he's got a race this weekend. We've been working together for a week, and I said to him, "When you race this weekend, don't even worry about the stuff that we've worked on because the race is for racing. I want you to think about your effort, your pace, and just race strategy. Training is when we're looking to develop these habits or change these movement patterns. So." I don't really care how you're racing this weekend. Not, nothing's probably going to show at all from what we've worked on in the last week. So don't even worry about that stuff now. It's just we, we need to be able to drill it in training and drill it over several weeks to actually have it become a part of your swimming. That's right. So, yeah, consistency is key, but patience is key as well. So being able to have the patience and just work on those small components put it all together eventually and then you know again comes back to like learning a language you, you learn all the words singularly and then you'd be able to put a sentence a paragraph and a, you know a story together eventually so yeah consistency That's a nice and patience transition to like level three for you which is which is timing and uh, do you want to talk a little bit about about that how do you start to put all of these different words together into a sentence 
Yeah. So yeah, then we move into, I guess, level three with we have to learn how to breathe, but now we're going to learn how to breathe to the side, getting ready for putting the whole stroke together. The other thing we'll have to learn is how to recover, how, to, how the arm comes over the water, the best way for the arm to come over the water, and then the timing of the stroke. So for me, three things in swimming can make you move forward, and that is your kick propulsion, your pull phase, and the timing of the stroke. So, you know, we're, we're teaching swimmers how to swim properly, like how to properly swim. We're not leaving anything out. I figure if we're going to teach them anything, if we're going to teach them how to swim, I want to do it properly. And they're adults, so generally, if we break it down enough and simplify it enough, they can put it together. And that way we give them the best opportunity to swim as well as they can when they go away with all the tools and skills and drills that they've learnt. So, yeah, putting the, putting the level three together is a, is a good achievement and something I enjoy watching them put the stroke together. Sometimes it's with fins on and then, and then we move away from fins after that. Fins are a, a good good tool to have just to to be able to make it a little bit easier just so you can keep focusing on those components and not worry about speed and and getting fatigued so yeah level three is all about putting together and achieving the goal some something for people who are listening like i often hear from people oh when i take my fins off i'm so much slower and my body position is not as good and like it just doesn't feel as good it's like obviously like you put a that it's always going to be the the case that you'll feel so much better and, and, and it'd be much easier with fins. That is, that is standard and you, you're not doing anything wrong when you're swimming. It's just how it is. Even for elite swimmers, it feels great with, with fins on. So it, it will always feel worse. And often that contrast from having fins on to then taking them off, it can make your swimming actually feel worse than it did before That's for right. a, a few laps until you get until you get used to it. And I see that in our clinics because we do the majority of our clinics with fins on for all these drills. And they take their fins off and they're like, wow, I like this, this swimming feels really average because yeah. I've had fins on for the last hour. And, and now when I swim, it's just like, okay, it doesn't, doesn't feel that good. But if you sort of swim it out and you give yourself a, a couple hundred just to get used to swimming without fins and having that propulsion again, you, you'll generally feel hopefully better than where you did at the, at the start. Yeah, that's right. I mean, if you're doing, you know, hundreds with fins on and it's feeling fantastic, I guess for me, I would just, with my adult squad, I would pull them back and just do 25s, you know, just lower the distance so they can maintain how they were feeling, hopefully, as, as well as they could without the fins. And then as they get fitter and stronger with that, then we can get back to those distances. When we refer to the adult learn to swim component of it, I, I try to stay away from fins as long as I can. I mean, we're only moving sort of 10, 12 and a half metre distances anyway to keep it really simple and, and so they can hold their form in what we're trying to do because that feel component of it's so important i think when they're learning so yeah it's it's a real only if need be chuck the fins on but then when we get towards that level three put it together because they can if they go a little bit faster they can understand the side breathing a little bit and that pocket that they can achieve when they're traveling through the water a bit faster i find the fins help in that in that area and then just to be able to relax and not be as fatigued when we're putting the stroke together is definitely when the fins come into it so i think when they're used in the right way they're a, they're a really good tool to have, fantastic mm. tool. Now, for someone who who's can swim maybe 25, 50 or 100 metres, but then they're gassed, what <laughs> things do you see causing that? Because I, I, I see it quite a, a bit, like I get quite a few emails about this and they just like, they want to know what is it that is making me so tired? So is there a couple of things that spring to mind when I talk about that? 
being a sprinter myself, don't even bother going past <laughs> those distances. <laughs> no, it's uh, it's definitely something I always battled with. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's obviously, it's obviously a, a massive fitness component to it. I think legs are having a kick. I know when you work with your triathletes, and you know I work with triathletes occasionally too, that we don't want to overuse the legs and we're trying to save the legs. But I think for general swimming and pool swimming, having, I think a lot of my, oh, here's an example, I guess a lot of our adult squads here in Brisbane and adult swimmers in general don't like to do kick because it does gas you. So then when they try to go fast or work hard, they try to bring in the legs and if they haven't done the kicking in the stroke or as a separate component in training, then that definitely gasses them a lot. So I always try to have after the warm-up a little little kick set there. Sometimes it's just vertical kick if I've got all different speed kickers so we can all do the same thing together or just short distances even just to have them thinking about using their legs and then do a swim set off the back of that so so they are using legs so that's definitely one component. The other one is probably efficiency and something I work pretty hard on making sure that we're travelling good distances per stroke and we're swimming as easy and as efficiently as we can. I know that's your your motto to swim effortlessly so if you can do that you're generally swimming quite efficiently Mm. yeah i mean i with the kick it's a funny one isn't it because with triathletes if they got a wetsuit on they they will hardly be kicking but i i'm similar i still want them to be doing some isolated kicking in their warm-up because if you if you do develop the kick and make your kick effective then it can tie in really well with your rhythm and and timing and like a lot of people they just are very ineffective with their kick see the feet like turning out to the side i see their legs really like wide apart and it's more just trying to balance themselves in the water so it's just they're very ineffective with it and i see many swimmers just their their kick is like a passenger to the rest of their straight they're just dragging behind them so if they can just incorporate the legs a bit well that's that's a big one but then also like you do get people who are kicking really hard to try and stay afloat and that can gas them out (laughs) gas them out as, as well so it's not overdoing it either that's right. And that's where that body position comes into it, understanding how to sit in the water the best you can without relying on the legs to get you there. But yeah, you're right. That's, that kicking component is, is something it's got to be, it's got to happen. Even if you're not using it hard, like you said, the triathletes are usually just floating them behind. It just helps with balancing the stroke, the connection of the stroke, the, the core activation of the stroke. There's so much can come from it, I think, just without having to work it really hard. And if you do conditioning in training with that kick, that way when you go to kick softly or you you know your two big kick or something like that then it's not gassing you as much mm. i like to do with the squad that i swim with i'll set the programs a couple mornings a week and we'll occasionally do some vertical kick and it's a lot of them are like oh, here we go again yeah, yeah vertical <laughs> kick but you know it's, it's it's a good skill to develop and you can it's kind of fun because you can still chat to the person next to you you could get like a water bottle or kickboard and just start passing it around to make it a little bit harder for a few seconds as you're as you're doing it so it's something that can be made fun even for those who who hate kick and sometimes well i'll see people kicking with their hips bent they're bending their knees too much like they're not kicking properly when they do that vertical kick so if they can just straighten up with their body keep the legs a little bit straighter still bend the knees but just make it a little bit more wave like you can iron out some of these kinks in your kick so that so they're actually practicing the right technique exactly that's it's vertical kick is something i use with that adult learner swimmer so once they're confident enough they're usually up to level two and they can scull a bit and they can kick a bit now i'll take them down to the deep end and we'll do some vertical kick because 
you're right, people do stick their bum out. Well, I call it duck bum. So they stick their bottom right out <laughs> and they're leaning forward, chin over the water. And it's cheating, basically. Yeah. You're sort of floating on your chest a little bit. So, yeah, tell them to stand up tall through the chest because if you can do this while standing up tall with good posture, yeah, your kicks must be really good. And then getting them to make sure they kick forward of the hip and behind the hip because quite often they'll, they'll kick just in front or just behind, especially when they're learning or if they're not very good kickers. So... Yeah, making sure the ankles are relaxed and they're kicking from the hip and it's just flowing forward and back from the hip is, is a good way to understand it. And so, yeah, we'll do the same things, hands out of the water, hands in the water, hands on head. We've got to the point, because you, you do, you've got to keep it interesting. These adults, although they're not kids anymore, they still love to have that fun component. So I'll pull out the, the water polo balls and start throwing them around so they've actually got to catch it and throw them back. So to do that, to hold the ball and then be able to pass it back, they've got to work hard for that five, five seconds or so whilst kicking so i like the the different you can do it just steady and just keep your chin out of the water but then you can also put some real pressure on and try and get your shoulders out of the water and catch a ball or pass a water bottle or whatever you want to do just to make it fun and interesting but yeah very good skill very good drill to do yeah for those that are listening if they're interested in uh either seeing what you, what you guys are up to up in brisbane in queensland if they're around that area or elementswimming.com.au is the website but then also this Maldives camp, which is t- tacked onto the back of our our swim camps there as well. So later September. So if you want to, we'll put the details in our show notes there, and just let them know that you came from. You heard Ben on the podcast. If you if you do book in there, but anywhere else, where's the best place to find more about Element Swimming? Yeah, so like you said, just the Element website. We've got ads coming from Facebook as well. So if you're on Facebook, we've got a web a Facebook page as well, Element Swimming there, and you'll be able to see our promos going for this camp. And we've got Instagram happening as well. And then we're just promoting it across the world as well to, to different sorts of countries that, that might be interested in a holiday in paradise and learning a skill for life. So, yeah, that, that's probably the best places to come and find out a bit more. Fantastic. Well, thanks for joining me on a podcast. You said at the start you were nervous, but when you're talking, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, when we've known each other for, for so long and you're good at your craft and you, and you know it back the front it's not hard so uh, thanks for joining me on the podcast and i hope these these camps are a success because i think it's quite unique what you're doing and i, I think it can be a really good fit for those people who want to learn to swim overseas and it seems like a long way to travel to like go oh yeah i hope i actually do learn to swim but i've got no doubt that you can actually help those people you know help people achieve those goals in that that space of time that they're there in the Maldives. That's right, yeah. There's definitely, you know, if you, if you don't put a whole lap together or 25 metres of freestyle together, the chal- I could, you know, I'm sure our team will be able to get you to a point where you can scull and kick, therefore you'll be able to snorkel. A lot of people come to us and they're like, I want to be able to tread water for snorkelling. Well, if you do our course anyway and you learn the kicking, you learn the sculling, you learn that, you know, the, the body control stuff in the water as well, you're going to be able to you're going to be able to scull and tread water anyway so i have no doubt that we'll be able to and that'll be the goal to at least get swimmers to to snorkeling and yeah so they can enjoy that like every other person does when they go on holiday so yeah now i've enjoyed it brent thank you very much and appreciate bringing me onto the show it's been great we watch a lot of your stuff and a lot of our coaches watch a lot of your stuff and i even pass a lot of our adult squad stuff onto your materials as well and videos so they can all pick up a few more tips which is you know it's fantastic stuff so good stuff thank you very much i appreciate it thanks benny thanks for listening to the effortless swimming podcast if you'd like us to help you become a faster more efficient swimmer go to www.effortlessswimming.com